This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're on right now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Coming to you from Florida's rainy treasure coast and bringing you the news behind the news, the story behind the story. Hoping to convince you the reality is usually scoffed at and conventional wisdom is often just an illusion. We're live on iHeartRadio, available on demand on your favorite podcast directories. And you can follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. Shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. That's spelled D-A-W-S. Or call the vent line and raise hell at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Now you can leave a text message on that vent line as well. Uh, it's a, a quick and easy. Just let me know uh, what you're thinking. Also, uh, we're going to start today's show with a little housekeeping. I want to ask you to to uh, get in contact with me and let me know where you listen to this podcast or this uh, this live broadcast. Uh, I'm trying to expand my uh, my distribution onto a lot of alt tech platforms, and uh, I'm not always able to capture all of the uh, places people listen. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking to the day when, uh, Facebook and Twitter are going to ban me entirely. They're already mucking with my, my podcasts. When I mention verboten things, I don't know if they're, uh, they've got some automated way to do that, or they're forcing, uh, some, uh, Silicon Valley lefty to sit there and listen to it. But, uh, you know, there are some issues when I bring up, uh, it gets suppressed worse than other times. So uh, if you would, just take a, a minute for me and uh, let me know where you listen to the show. You can shoot me an email, a DM uh, on Facebook or Twitter, a text message, or you can uh, you can call the vent line and leave a voicemail. I also want to let you know that uh, I'm, I'm going to put a lid on the show tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to pull a Joe Biden. I'm going to get out on the water and uh, try to restock the refrigerator. Um, catch my limit and, uh, and take a three day weekend. And then I'll be back on behind the mic on Monday. Today's October 1st. And, uh, wow, that summer went by fast. I know August isn't technically considered a summer month, but, uh, down where I'm at, uh, we really don't even start to get any kind of, um, cooler weather until October 1st. And already the rain's moving in and the fish are going to be biting. Well, on yesterday's show, uh, I pointed out that I thought uh, Joe Biden uh, won that debate narrowly, but he won it not because he he uh, was particularly impressive. He wasn't not because uh, Donald Trump uh, said anything wrong. He didn't. 
But the uh, the point of the debate was the first time uh, these two were going to be on stage in front of a, a really mass audience. I think they said about 75 million people tuned in. And, um, you know, a lot of low-information voters, people that don't have a, a stomach for politics, uh, are sort of turned off by Trump's personality. And his personality uh, on that uh, debate was on full display. So Biden won it because of the low expectations that uh, the Trump campaign was in a, a, a large part responsible uh, for. And uh, and Trump was very aggressive. But I have to say, Trump is winning the post-8 uh, coverage hands down uh, because there's really nothing uh, to highlight from Joe Biden's performance other than, you know, him calling Trump a clown or telling him to shut up or accusing him of this or that. And almost every um, point that Biden made was was easily refutable as a lie, uh, an outright lie. I got a, I got a montage here of uh, Trump from the debate. And there's nothing smart about you, Joe. 47 years you've done nothing. Let's have it down. Wait a minute, Joe. Let me shut you down for a second, Joe, just for one second. All right. Name one law enforcement group that came out and supported. I think, gentlemen, I think I'm... Manufacturing went in a hole. Excuse me, Chris. Wait. Number two. Chris. Number three. They said they, it would take... No, you're number two. Let me just say, Joe, I've done more in, in 47 months. I've done more than you've done in 47 years, Joe. China ate your lunch, Joe. I love that one. Where Joe Biden loses his, uh, he says, number one, he says something, number two, then he goes to number three. <laughs> Trump comes back. No, you're still on number two. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you know, Biden went into this. He was supposed to be the uh, the the pitcher of moderation. And uh, he, he just came off, really. When you look at him, uh you know, on retrospect, as a dishonest ass, he's uh, he's calling for civility and decorum up there, calling the president of the United States a clown and a liar and a racist and telling him to shut up. Now, Trump was very aggressive and was going at him pretty, pretty hard trying to rattle him. I think he did rattle him. But, you know, uh, Trump never resorted to name calling. He didn't uh, he didn't act like a child. He just uh, he was just pressing him. Harder than um, than Biden or Chris Wallace wanted. And speaking of losers, Chris Wallace, hands down, was the loser of that debate. Um, and people on the left and the right have been just tearing Wallace apart. Of course, the left thinks he didn't do enough to protect old Joe, and and people on the right uh, wanted to hear the two candidates be being able to go at these uh, topics. Can you imagine how badly Biden would have been torn up if he hadn't had Chris Wallace there running interference for him? If every time Trump had him pinned down, Wallace didn't, didn't step in and, and shut that, that line of questioning down. I was surprised that even on Fox news, uh, most of the 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 uh, hosts over there uh, 
avoided the topic, but uh, Greg Gutfeld on the five and then Tucker Carlson on his show, uh, they went there. They called the moderator out. They didn't call him by name, but everybody knows who the moderator was. And, uh, and you know, they were saying that uh, it would have been a much better debate without all the interruptions. And then uh, Tucker Carlson brought on Victor Davis Hanson on his show last night. And, uh, and he went after the moderator pretty good. Chris Wallace uh, really exposed himself just as a, another Democrat political hack and how he can continue to be the, the standard bearer, the, the premier um, host on Fox News. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I know that conservatives don't have a heck of a lot of places to go to get, um, you know, their news from the right side of the political spectrum. But nobody will ever look at Chris Wallace again in the same light. He was able to hold up at least a, a thin pretense that he was at least objective. That is gone now. You wonder if he might not end up the, going the way of Shepard Smith and uh, and go you know to uh, a, another channel that's more uh, compatible with his worldview. I don't think they're going to let Tucker go. He's got uh, the number one rated show in cable TV by far. He out uh, he outperforms uh, CNN and MSNBC put together. He often, uh, you know, knocks out. Uh, he had the better ratings than the NBA Finals. It would have been glorious to see uh, those two debate without. Wallace constantly interjecting. So, you know, uh, yesterday, all of the talking heads were saying, well, uh, Joe Biden needs to uh, pull out of these next two debates. He wasn't he wasn't treated fairly and Trump was mean to him. Well, uh, apparently they're going to go forward, but they're saying that uh, they're calling on the debate commission to to change the rules so that, um, you know, they won't have a spirited back and forth. And I, you know, I don't think that will work out much better for old Joe Biden. The longer you allow Joe Biden to speak, the more likely it is to, uh, to say something stupid. Here's a clip, uh, from Hillary Clinton. I think she's appearing on, uh, Colbert's late night show. like the debate commission is going to change the rules. I don't know whether Trump will abide by them, but they're going to try to give the moderators, you know, more control. Maybe they'll, you know, have a kill switch on the mic. Maybe they'll have a, a button to push and the, the floor drops out. I don't know. Yeah, they got to do like- something. We can't, we, we, we've, uh, we've spent that bullet of Chris Wallace running interference and it's going to be too obvious. So we got to figure out a way to uh, keep Trump off of old Joe. Oh, Trump, for his part, pointed out that uh, Chris Wallace was protecting Joe Biden for Fox News, and that's exactly what's going on. People believe that the Murdochs, James and Lynchon, who run Fox News, um, anybody that believes they're conservatives just don't know what's going on. This is uh, Fox News is just a business model for them. They're both 
uh, coastal elites who have to show their face at these uh, liberal cocktail parties. And, and they, uh, they sent poor Chris Wallace out there with his marching orders. The big, uh, the big narrative that the, <clears throat> that the media is trying to spin from the debate, the takeaway is that Donald Trump refused to condemn white supremacists. It's a lie. <laughs> it's an easily disprovable lie. But they uh, over at CNN, they made the mistake of inviting, I think he's Deputy White House uh, spokesperson, Hogan Gidley. And John Berman was trying to press him down. And, and Hogan Gidley sort of pulled uh, Donald Trump on John Berman. He, he said, sure, he said, sure, three times. He has done it in the past multiple times. I don't know how many ways you want him to say it and how many times you want him to say it. Do you have any idea, John, what an exalted cyclops of the KKK is? Because Joe Biden sure does. He spoke at a funeral for one and praised him profusely. Any idea who George Wallace is? Joe Biden sure does. Yep. He thanks so, the person so, who so gave listen. him the award so for listen, George Hody. Wallace's so name. Listen, any Hody. idea what a racial so, jungle is? So listen, it's what Hody. Joe Biden doesn't I, you know, want his kids Hogan, to grow up Hogan, in. Hogan, Joe Biden's record Hogan, on race is Hogan, absolutely disgusting. Hogan, Joe Biden, Donald Joe Trump Biden was opening defend, up his properties Biden, to African Americans and Jewish people while you were still in local television Joe news, John. You know, one the thing, fact Hogan, is this one president thing, has a record of respect Hogan, and Hogan, understanding Hogan, these groups Hogan, like nobody Hogan, else. I'm Hogan, sorry, I'm not going to sit here Hogan, and let you call the president Joe of the United States defend a racist his own when Joe he is Biden the can only one. Joe Biden can defend his own record. He can defend his own relationships and he refuses to <laughs> oh man <laughs> Hogan done learn from the boss uh, when they try to shut you down with these interruptions just keep making your point he'll probably not be invited back on CNN but uh, he did an excellent job knocking this down right there you know it's amazing Joe Biden can give the eulogy at Robert Byrd's funeral and they call Donald Trump a racist and demand that he denounce white supremacy when Joe Biden's got a, a documented record on tape making one racist statement after another you can't find any of that on Donald Trump we're going to run out to a break stick with us we'll be right back This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. One of the biggest post-debate takeaways that's uh, starting to sink into the, the voters consciousness is not what Joe Biden said, but what he refused to say. He refused to condemn Antifa. 
he had the opportunity and he said the absurd statement that Antifa is just an idea. And right from the start, before the debate got wild and woolly, Joe Biden refused to uh, to say that he wouldn't pack the court. He refused to say he wouldn't support doing away with the filibuster. And when he does that, refuses to say that he won't, he's doing that because that's what he intends to do, but he knows that it's not popular with the voters. And they're smart enough to figure that out. So, um, you know, the campaign deployed a bunch of their spin doctors and they sent um, one of their campaign co-chairs over to CNN. His name is uh, Cedric Richmond. And uh, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name on CNN, but he tried to pin him down on this issue. Don't the American people deserve some answers on these questions? Uh, what would, is, is the former vice president possibly the next president of the United States? Is he going to push down the filibuster? Will he fight the Democrats if they try to do that? Will he try to expand the Supreme Court from 9 to 11 or 13 justices? Is that not, not a fair question? Well, first of all, uh, look, the vice president is very capable and he's going to be a great president. But whether we introduce legislation to stack the court, that's in my purview in terms of being a United States congressman. So that's going to come from our members in the House and hopefully a Democratic Senate. And I think that he will give advice and guidance and ultimately have a decision to make and he will weigh in. But right now, that is a decision left to uh, the Congress. And No, it's not left to the Congress and it won't be left to the Congress because if the Democrats do get a majority, of course, they'll have to get the president to sign off on it. It would be a uh, uh, just a a raw power grab by the Democrats to change the Supreme Court after hundreds of years, so that they can continue to stack it with their their left wing judges and and get their uh, their legislative agenda through. I got another clip. This is a former Pennsylvania Senator Rick Santorum appearing on CNN um, talking about Biden's refusal to denounce Antifa. He's the only one on this uh, five person panel, uh, the only conservative on this five person panel. And uh, they are not. They're not welcoming of his opinion. Yeah, well, I'm just I'm just saying I don't think anybody watching what's going on these last few months uh, would agree with that analysis. I mean, you you see them out there, and and they are in fact causing uh, you know lots of lots of violence and uh, and uh, across America. So I think I think the president was right in pointing out that uh, that that the the left is is out there, uh, you know, in Portland and lots of other places uh, causing violence and 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 was legitimate. And and the fact that Biden didn't go after his own. Uh, was equally as reprehensible. Well, you think, wait a second. I mean, you think that they actually shut off his mic right there. He continued to talk, but uh, nothing was coming through. So apparently somebody in the control room was getting a call from uh, the little Jeff Zucker troll uh, that, you know, we, we don't want to we don't want to put that on the air. Biden, not, Biden, who was quoting the FBI director, was the same as President Trump saying to stand he- by to the hardcore white supremacist group, as the ADL labels them? She's talking about the Proud Boys again, this this lunatic 
uh, talking point that the Proud Boys are a white supremacist organization. Uh, either these people are ridiculously uninformed to be on a cable news show about the Proud Boys, or they're just lying. I believe it's probably the latter. I'm, I'm just, well, that's the American Defamation League. I'm not sure I would use them. They, they, they claim that the Family Research Center is a, is a, is a hate group. So that, you know, the, the, you, you're, you're not quoting a particularly, uh, how would you describe him? How would you describe Proud Boys, Rick? I, I don't really, candidly, I don't know that much about him. So yeah, I'm, you I'm, do. I'm, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You know about him, but we don't know about him because we're calling them white supremacists and they're a multiracial group. Their chairperson is actually a black person. I think a black Hispanic. John Berman. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <sighs> uh, let me see if I can find this clip. It, this is uh, the aforementioned chairman of the, the Proud Boys. He's appearing on a, uh, a, a Sky News channel because um, apparently they won't bring him on Fox News either. They're definitely not going to bring him on CNN and their MSNBC and see who the chairman of the Proud Boys actually is. I don't see this as an endorsement from the president at all, by any means. I think he was I should have done a better job of setting that up. It's, um, you know, they're, they're asking him about Trump, asking them to uh, stand down and stand by. The uh, international chair of the Proud Boys is named Enrique Torrio. I don't see this as an endorsement from the president at all, by any means. I think he was asked a very pointed question. I think the president was asked to um, dis- disavow white supremacy, which he did two times uh, within the scope of that question. And I think um, Biden made a crucial mistake by naming our organization for him to disavow. Um, we've been called many names and probably the most uh, inaccurate name that you can call us is white supremacist. Uh, as you can see, as your viewers can see, <laughs> it's an absurdity. <laughs> oh my God. And they're still, uh, flogging this on CNN and MSNBC and in the New York times and the Washington post are still trying to characterize the proud boys as a white supremacist organization. Here's another clip from the, uh, uh, the chief of the salt Lake chapter of the proud boys. Also a black guy. I will go out and say that the Proud Boys as a whole, I will say this on behalf of the entire national organization, denounce white supremacy. We are in no way, shape or form white supremacists. We have a vetting system that just gets those guys out of our hair. We do not have anything to do with white supremacy. We do not have anything to do with the Ku Klux Klan. We denounce those organizations. So we've, we've reached this point of lunacy where, uh, members of the proud boys who are themselves black and the proud boys are a very diverse group have to come out and point out to the media that theirs isn't a white supremacist organization. It's almost as ridiculous as Trump having to denounce white supremacy after all of the riots, murders, arsons, lootings conducted by Antifa and Black Lives Matter that have gone on for the last four months. I got one more clip on this Proud Boy issue. This is Donald Trump. He's uh, given one of these press gaggles on his way 
to uh, Marine One, the helicopter? I don't know who the Proud Boys are. I mean, you'll have to give me a definition because I really don't know who they are. I can only say they have to stand down, let law enforcement do their work. Law enforcement will do the work more and more. As people see how bad this radical liberal Democrat movement is and how weak, the law enforcement's going to come back stronger and stronger. But again, I don't know who Proud Boys are, but whoever they are, they have to stand down, let law enforcement do their work. Well, the Proud Boys really haven't interfered in any of these riots. What they do is they show up and they have uh, rallies and then they're attacked by Antifa and then the Proud Boys pound on Antifa. As I'd like to see more of, actually, I'd like to see a whole lot more of that. We're going to run out to a break, and then when we come back, we're going to look at yesterday's Senate hearing with James Comey. And we'll talk about the developments in the cheat-by-mail schemes right after these messages on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Stick with us. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. On the Mojo Five O Radio Network, your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Another big development in the post-debate um, battle is uh, Hunter Biden has kind of been brought to the attention of a lot of these lower information voters and in the. The searches for Hunter Biden on Google have gone up tenfold since the debate. The problem, of course, is when you search Hunter Biden on Google, uh, Google serves you up a bunch of fake news about Hunter Biden, you know, being exonerated or this or that. You have to go uh, several pages in before you start getting the real story on Hunter Biden's activities and how much money he's taken from foreign sources while his president or his uh, uh, father was vice president. One of the clips you or one of the search results you'll get will, is a fact check saying, no, Hunter, Hunter Biden wasn't dishonorably discharged. When you read into it. it he was administratively separated after failing a drug test. Now, uh, people don't think about that very deeply. If you're an officer, a commissioned officer in the United States Navy, and you fail a drug test, you don't normally get discharged administratively. You get thrown in the brig. And then when you've finished serving your time, you, uh, you come out and you are dishonorably discharged. Now, for um, low-level drug violations, uh, if you're an enlisted man, uh, you, you might be less than honorably discharged. 
uh, just, you know, to save the Navy money, they want to get you out of there. But uh, if you're a commissioned officer, they're, they're going to make an example out of you. They're going to throw your ass in the brig. But Joe Biden's daddy was a powerful U.S. senator, and of course, uh, you know, they made special allowances for him. They didn't even give him a dishonorable discharge. They gave him an administrative discharge. It's called a less-than-honorable discharge. Well, what is the definition of less than honorable? Less than honorable is dishonorable. You either have honor or you don't have honor. It's a, it's sort of a, a, a dialectic kind of thing. So Trump said in the debate that he had been dishonorably discharged. He technically wasn't right, and they're saying that you know that's a, and the fact checkers are saying that that was wrong. But really, at its core, it's not wrong. He was dis, uh, discharged less than honorably, and that is a dishonorable thing indeed. They, um, the Biden campaign has been attacking Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, trying to smear him too as a white supremacist. This is a 17 year old boy that was in Kenosha, Wisconsin, trying to help protect businesses that had been, uh, being attacked by the radical left who had to defend himself when a, a, a convicted criminal child rapist tried to take his gun away from him. He shot him, killed him, tried to offer him medical care before he died, but then he was immediately set upon by the angry mob that started chasing him down the street. He tripped and fell and, uh, you know, they attacked him and tried to take his gun away. And, uh, he defended himself again, killing, uh, another, uh, convicted criminal from the left and, uh, and shooting another one in the arm and <laughs> disarmed him. He had a, a nine millimeter clock, but, uh, the Biden campaign appears to have miscalculated. <laughs> Are they unaware that? Lynn Wood is on his legal team, the most successful defamation attorney in the country. Well, it didn't take Lynn Wood very long to take notice of the Biden campaign trying to smear his son with these dishonest statements to to try to advance their campaign. And Lynn Wood uh, told him pretty quickly that they had 24 hours to retract and apologize or he'd be filing a defamation suit. Well, that 24 hours is expired now. So looks like Lynn Wood is going to have another high profile case to go after a dishonest Democrat. I did some uh, private investigative work for uh, Lynn Wood in Atlanta. Um, as many years ago, but I can tell you, uh, once he gets, his mind set on a target. It's uh, he, he is hard to knock off of it. And the, the Biden campaign is, uh, is going to regret the day that they sm- smeared 17 year old Kyle Rittenhouse. I was talking to a friend um, about, you know, uh, Trump's misstep as I see it in the debate. And uh, he pointed out to me and it's a pretty good point that it was about at this point back in 2016 when NBC dropped the the um, 
Entertainment Tonight videotape of Donald Trump saying, um, you know, women let him grab them by the hoo-hoo. <laughs> and, uh, and that didn't, that, everybody said back then that that was going to be a death knell to the Trump campaign. Everybody had written them off. Well, it's over. Trump will never come back from this. Well, guess what? He did come back from it. They were saying he was toast and now he's president. And so, you know, if you're having any doubts whether or not this uh, this debate on Monday night or Tuesday night will be a uh, of a fatal injury, I think Donald Trump has overcome worse than this. This Wednesday, we've got the uh, uh, the vice presidential debate coming up. Mike Pence, who will not, you know, be um, overly aggressive against the annoying, nasally Kamala Harris, not Kamala, Kamala. So that's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that on uh, next Thursday. Ilhan Omar took to her social media and said, the rent and mortgage payments are due tomorrow. Cancel them. So, I mean, that's what passes as uh, discourse in our modern politics from the Democrat Party. They've got a, a Somali refugee that came to this country and immediately started to agitate for the same sort of disastrous Marxist policies that made Somalia Somalia. There's a reason Somalia is Somalia. It's because of the, uh, the thought processes of the likes of Ilhan Omar. I think what we should do since the United States is, uh, you know, having financial issues is we should cancel Ilhan Omar's paycheck. I mean, if if you're going to deny rent payments to landlords, well, why does Ilhan Omar get to exempt herself from that that little uh, principle there? Democrats have a government employee now asking people to basically steal from their uh, from the people that they owe mortgages or rent to. Trump was uh, in Duluth, Minnesota, the day after the debate on yesterday. Uh, and the subject of Ilhan Omar came up. Well, come on, Jim. Soda, congratulations now. And what about Omar, where she gets caught harvesting? <laughs> what the hell is going on? I hope your U.S. attorney is involved. What? What is going on with Omar? I've been reading these reports for two years about how corrupt and crooked she is. Let's get with it. Let's get with it. I mean, frankly, harvesting's terrible, but it's the least of the things that she has done. How the hell? Then she tells us how to run our country. Can you believe it? How the hell did Minnesota elect her? What the hell is wrong with you people? Right? What the hell happened? Well... You can't blame that on Minnesota. That's, well, I guess maybe you can blame it a little bit on Minnesota, but it, it's not the state of Minnesota. It's that, uh, that congressional district in Minneapolis. <laughs> Those people have been red-pilled big time after these, uh, these riots.
these George Floyd riots and their far left wing city council trying to defund the police. Crime has gone through the roof. Citizens there are having to uh, patrol their own streets. And now they're demanding that the same far left city council that's uh, been defunding the police explain why the crime's going through the roof. And of course the, uh, the city council being the good, cynical politicians they are are saying well they never meant actually to defund the police they just meant to reimagine the police and they're trying to uh to crawfish on this the problem is a lot of people don't realize how in demand uh cops are especially if they're already certified those cops that are working in minnesota they're not getting paid that well and they can go elsewhere and ply their trade without having to put up uh, with a, 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 an elected body trying to defund them and, in many cases, trying to throw them in jail. So the Mojo Riverfish, he's got a new show coming up with Rocky this Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Room 13, he sent me um, an example of the kind of <laughs> corny jokes that uh, you're going to be treated to if you listen in. Hey, Jim, it's the Mojo Riverfish from Room 13. Hey, I have a joke for you guys. I have a joke. Well, not really. Look, I don't know what the word Armageddon means. I, I don't know what the word Armageddon means. It's, it's not the end of the world. See what I did there? Uh, hey, if you like that, come for more. Room 13, this Sunday, 1 o'clock. Uh, uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that's not the best example of the corny jokes that I've heard from the Riverfish. So uh, give a listen this Sunday at 1 o'clock on Room 13. So in the run-up to the election, I'm uh, highlighting these, uh, these ballads on the election from uh, Ryan Parker over at Ryan P. Songs on uh, Twitter. And this is one of his best. Oh, say, can you see? The Democrats wanted Hillary. They cried when she lost. So they decided to exhaust. Every illusion of Russian collusion until it was proven is fake. They fail to impeach, now freedom of speech they're constantly trying to take. You can tell it's an election year because they spread the virus fear. They glorified all the riots here, the choice is very clear. It's America first or America worst, are we marching on forward or going in reverse? America strong or America weak, America proud or America meek, it's the land of opportunity or a place where everything is free. Donald Trump is a man we know is it owned by China, like Sleepy Joe. Don't give in to the fear, just lend me your ear, the choice is clear in this election year. Black lives matter, but what that means to me 
is we prosecute a racist cop, but we don't steal TVs. Either you didn't build it like Barack believes and you're just a privileged white, or you don't see color as much as hard work and you clearly see wrong from right. You can tell it's an election year, the controversy will not stop here. Last time the Russians interfered, at least that's what they said. The media is claiming that Trump is divisive, but they are the ones whose words are derisive. They covered up the criminal looting they lied about. Vladimir Putin, they'll say anything to tear Trump down. They want us to see black, white, and brown. But open your eyes and see what they're hiding. They're all in the tank for creepy Joe Biden. Don't give in to the fear, just lend me your ear. The choice is clear, it's Trump in this election year. Ryan Parker at Ryan P. Songs on Twitter. Check him out. Share it with your friends. If you know anybody in the campaign, bring him to their attention. This guy needs an agent, man. So yesterday they had the, uh, well, I need to run out to a break. And when we come back, we'll talk about what happened at the James Comey hearings at the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee. Stick with us. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. So yesterday they had a hearing at, I said the Intelligence Committee, it's actually the uh, Judiciary Committee in the U.S. Senate, now chaired by... Lindsey Graham, who is starting to, uh, at long last, find his voice because he's up for re-election in South Carolina. And people are not very happy with Lindsey these days. The strongest questioning uh, came from Ted Cruz. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm reevaluating my opinion of Ted Cruz. I, I sort of developed a hate for him during the, the uh, GOP primaries, but He's, uh, he's, he's starting to reveal himself as one of the most, uh, articulate and, uh, principled Republicans in the U S Senate. And here he was grilling, uh, the loathsome Jim Comey. When did you learn that the primary subsource, so the basis for this garbage steel dossier was a suspected Russian asset. I don't remember ever being informed of any prior investigation of the, any of Steele's sources, including the primary subsource. So you're not aware of it today? I'm aware of it today because I've read it in the public sphere and I've read a summary memo that the Department of Justice sent to the Judiciary Committee. I would note the primary subsource was subject to FBI investigation, a counterintelligence investigation from 2009 to 2011, 
and I will read some of what the investigation was. The primary subsource approached two individuals who were about to enter the Obama administration and indicated that if, if, quote, the two individuals at the table did get a job in the government and had access to classified information and wanted to make a little extra money, the primary subsource knew some people to whom they could speak, is trying to recruit spies against the U.S. government. You have a Russian agent that is the basis for an FBI investigation, and the FBI is the one who had investigated them. Your testimony is you didn't know. Did, did, did it occur to you to ask? Did you, did, did, was, did you ask any questions or do any due diligence on this at all? I don't remember anything about the, the facts that have been revealed recently about the subsource. And as I said earlier, I think that cuts both ways, but I don't know how the people running the investigation thought about it. Well, you didn't tell the FISA court that. Let me just stop right there. Uh, So this is the director of the FBI whose team that he's heading is investigating the presidential campaign of the Republican Party. And he was unaware that the primary source for the information that he was using to surveil the campaign was a Russian agent. He doesn't remember that. He would have us believe that he didn't know. You believe that? What he's doing right there is committing perjury. There's no way in hell that the Crossfire Hurricane team was deploying Russian uh, uh, disinformation from a Russian spy to surveil the Trump campaign. That's just not believable. That either, and I suspect the FISA court would have had a very different assessment if you had told them that the basis for your application was what you were being told from a suspected Russian asset. That is really unbelievable. James Comey, that, that's what the hearing was like all day yesterday. Of course, it was called because um, the director of national intelligence, Ratcliffe, had released this memo uh, pointing out that in July 2016, the CIA or the NSA-1 had intercepted Russian intelligence agents talking about uh, them learning that Hillary Clinton's campaign had hatched a plot approved by Hillary Clinton to claim that Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians. And so in order to help facilitate that effort, Russian intelligence agencies started using this Russian spy operating in the United States to feed this information to Christopher Steele. James Comey went up to the Senate Intelligence Committee yesterday, claimed he didn't know anything about that or he doesn't remember. He doesn't remember. That was a recurring theme in yesterday's hearings. Here's a montage of that. Did Mr. Page deny knowing people that you accused him of having contact with? I don't remember. That's about all I recall. I don't remember. I don't remember learning anything additional about Steele's sources. Not that I recall, no. I don't remember Bruce or ever giving me. I don't recall that. So do you recall? I do not. Do you recall? I do not. I don't remember any discussion. I don't remember using that word, but I don't remember using that word. I don't remember ever being. It goes on and on like that. So this guy who has written two memoirs, memoirs since 
2016, uh, advancing this Russia collusion narrative, it's bogus. He suddenly can't remember anything. He must not have been told. The reason he's saying he wasn't told is because he knows there are people out there that will testify that, yes, indeed, I told him if and when they're put on the hot seat. So he can't say, I didn't, I I was never informed. He can only say, I don't remember. James Comey has a very, very selective memory. He only remembers things that cover his ass or uh, try to grind his axe against Donald Trump for firing him. Here he is appearing on MSNBC with Rachel Maddow. President may be want, telling you that he wanted to bring a lawsuit against Christopher Steele. You did note that uh, in your memo, which we found here. Yes. That's why I created them. Uh, the president. Rep- he thinks that's funny. That was a, a classified government memo that he leaked to the press. He gave it to a friend of his to leak. That is the same thing as leaking. How this guy's not in jail, I don't know. Reportedly telling you, I have a beautiful wife. It has been very painful. Can you imagine me, hookers? President then telling you, according to your own memo, he is bringing a personal lawsuit against Christopher Steele. As far as we know, the president never did that, but he advised you that he might at that point. Um, I want to ask you about one other um, um, statement that the president reportedly made to you that's in in these memos that have just been released tonight. Um, This is in your words. The president brought up the golden showers thing and said it really bothered him if his wife had any doubt about it. He then explained, as he did at our dinner, that he hadn't stayed overnight in Russia during the Miss Universe trip. Twice during this part of the conversation, Reince Priebus tried to interject a comment about the redacted and why it was even in there, but the president ignored him. The president said the hookers thing is nonsense, but that Putin had told him we have some of the most beautiful hookers in the world. He did not say when Putin had told them this, told him this, and I don't recall redacted. Um, Some of this is redacted. So the point that uh, Trump would have told him when he spoke with Vladimir Putin suddenly is is not in there. This this memo, he claims that he wrote it in the car right after the meeting. He's taking notes trying to entrap the the, uh, president-elect. But he doesn't recall what Trump, when uh, Trump had this conversation with Vladimir Putin, right after he's stepping out of a meeting with the president. Either he's not a very good investigator or he's lying again right there and he manufactured this memo either at that time or later in, try, in, in order to try to continue framing Donald Trump. Here's a clip from uh, Sean Davis appearing on Tucker's show uh, saying that uh, the reason they're having such a hard time getting to the bottom of this is there are still actors in the deep state that are withholding information. And he names one in particular, our new CIA director. Just uh, a scandal about Democrat projection. This is a scandal about what was a coup planned against the incoming administration at the highest levels. And, and I can report here tonight that these declassifications that have come out, uh, those weren't easy to get out. And there's, in fact, far more waiting to get out. Unfortunately, uh, those releases and declassifications, according to multiple sources I've talked to, are being blocked by CIA Director Gina Haspel, who herself was the uh, main link between Washington 
Washington and London as the London station chief for John Brennan's CIA during the 2016 election. Recall it was London where Christopher Steele was doing all this work. And I'm told that it is Gina Haspel personally who's blocking uh, continued declassification of these documents that will show the American people the truth of what actually happened. So Gina Haspel was uh, the station chief over in uh, London when MI5 uh, fed this disinformation to John Brennan at the CIA that launched the crossfire hurricane. James Comey admitted that uh, yesterday that it was um, foreign intelligence agency information that launched crossfire hurricane. He called them a friendly nation intelligence agency. So we've had a lot of talk about foreign interference in our elections. Is it okay for a friendly foreign nation to interfere in our elections? Who gets to decide if they're friendly? What if they are friendly and they still have a, uh, um, a um, malign motive? Of course, this friendly nation in question had a vested interest in making sure that American taxpayers continued funding the, their their national defense through NATO. And it just happened to play into Hillary Clinton and her campaign, who were promising to uh, continue to keep taxpayers on the hook for that. Now, if there's not going to be any foreign interference in our elections, we need to make sure there no foreign interference in our election, and most especially coming from foreign governments, intelligence agencies. Well, I'm going to be off tomorrow. I'm going to go fishing, and I'll be back Monday, and uh, we'll see what happened over the weekend. I hope nothing hits the fan tonight. I hope you have a good weekend, too, and I'll see you back here again on Monday on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. We'll talk to you then. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.